everyone, and welcome to episode 259 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth. It's going well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. We got some fun topics to talk about today. I'm kind of excited for this, but before we get into all that, we have a co-host in Krim. What's up today, Krim? Morning, Seth. Uh, well, we got some uh, Double Master stuff and uh, a lot of other things going on, too. So Yeah, so today is the start of Double Master's official spoiler season. We had some like early previews and so forth, but today's official start of spoiler season. So Double Master spoilers, that's kind of topic one. There's been a big conversation about the Double Master's VIP boosters over the past week since uh, the price tag came out, and there's been a big debate about that. So we wanted to talk about that a little bit. And those are really our only main topics. There's not a whole lot else outside of Double Masters going on in Magic right now. Uh, and then, of course, answer some fish mail. So that is the plan for the cast today. But before we get to that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you have ever struggled with the hassle and the time it takes to sell your Magic cards, it is a lot of work. I have done it a lot of times. I have spent entire weekends sorting Magic cards to sell them for buy lists. It is not a whole lot of fun. Uh, Card Conduit is the easiest way to sell your magic cards. They basically take all the hassle away. All you gotta do is ship your cards to them. A card Conduit brought to you by the folks at Card Hoarder and they will sort, grade, and sell your magic cards for you. And once your shipment is processed, you'll get the proceeds minus their fee. And right now, you can avoid all that hassle and get a 10% discount by going to cardconduit.com slash goldfish. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the cast today. And let's talk to magic cards. Let's just start off with, I guess, Double Master spoilers. We got some cards to talk about today. Richard, guide us through some new Magic cards. All right. Uh, all right, we were saved. We were saved, guys. We were starting the cast, and we're like, what was revealed this morning? And it was a bunch of Comet Storms. But literally, as Seth was doing the intro, we got some more Double Masters cards, which are more exciting. So I'm going to start with those. Are you a dirty Tron player in Modern? <laughs> now you can get Box Topper Tron Lands. <laughs> So Urza's Tower, Urza's Power Plant, Urza's Mine, uh, reprinted in Double Masters, uh, and there's a sweet new art in the Double Masters um, box topper VIP booster art version. Uh, Ink Moth Nexus, Glimmer Void, some solid lands. Karn Liberated with new art, really strange looking art. I don't know where he's like. What what like what is what plane is this? Like what is going on? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, those are the new exciting cards. And then we got some, dare I say, bulk rares in Champion of Lamble, uh, Grim Lava Man, Boon Reflection, Thought Reflection, Reclamation Sage, Expedition Map, Baleful Strix, Conjurer's Closet, and I think we also got a couple cards from the box itself. We have Dark Confidant, uh, and then Worm Coil and Brea, we already knew? No, we didn't know Brea. We knew Atraxa. So we Brea did. and Worm Coil, right? Yeah, so those are ones that haven't, like, technically been confirmed, but that appears to be uh, what's on the art of the booster packs for Double Masters. So pretty confident that Brea, Worm Coil, and Dark Confidant are in, but we haven't seen the actual cards themselves yet. Just there are on booster packs. I gotta say, I'm pretty glad we got Karn. I was actually <laughs> a little disappointed with the start of spoiler season and uh, the number of bulk rares we got this morning. So seeing Karn and also, I guess, the Tron lands to a lesser extent, uh, at least there's some good cards in there. What do you think? What do you think about these box stoppers? Like, uh, so Wizards, this is something that's been uh, kind of on my mind today. Wizards, when they announced the box toppers in the the VIP packs. They basically said that all the box toppers would be rares or mythics. One of their calling cards was like, hey, you'll at least get four rares and mythics out of your VIP packs because you're going to get two normal rares or mythics, and then you'll also get these two box topper rares and mythics. And then we started to actually get the rest of the box toppers outside of the ones they revealed like a month ago. And so far we've seen all three Tron lands, which are commons in the normal set. Also, Expedition Map, yeah. which is a common in the normal set. What do you think about all these commons showing wait, wait, up wait, wait, as wait. box set. toppers? I'm looking at the mana set, at the set symbol. It clearly says rare on Urza's power plant. So Wizards is not pulling a fast one. It is a rare. It is a rare. 
but yeah, I yeah. mean, Wizards, it, it's kind of like, what's our most recent set? Which I forgot already, M21, where oh. they're like, okay, uh, you know, the, the alternate... You know, showcase cards or whatever are some of your favorite rares and mythics, and then cards we think players will find valuable, right? So uh, that's what these Urza lands are, because otherwise you would never get promo Urza lands. So I think it's fine. Like I don't think it's any different than if they just put Comet Storm in there and like, yeah, it's a rare, but it's bulk and no one cares. <laughs> so it's I think it's fine that they choose cards that are of lower rarity that you know they know are format staples. Yeah, I mean the. Tron lands aren't the worst thing, but I don't know. I I'm kind of on the fence about these Tron lands. I mean, as the rare, the, the map is questionable, right? Like the Tron lands are iconic. The oh expedition yeah. map, but I mean, can you just totally like have promo Tron now? Like 100 all expensive premium VIP cards. <laughs> I mean, you're you're pretty uh, yeah. close now. You got the Tron lands. We just got Karn. There's like a promo Ugin. It was a buy a box promo, so you can kind of go like full on. <laughs> Promotron at this point. So you need his ancient stirrings I, box topper. Is that what you're telling me, Seth? <laughs> oh, you, that might happen <laughs> at this point. Please, please no. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how the value on these shakes out. I'm actually really curious. I mean, obviously, even though the Tron Lancer commons, even though Expedition Map is a common, they are cards that are in demand. Expedition Map is a staple in Commander. It's like one of the 30 most played colorless cards in the whole format, and you're going up against like the Soul Rings and Arcane Signets of the world so it is like a true staple in commander tron obviously has been a top tier modern deck forever it's been a top tier pauper deck forever even though we'll see how it shakes out post bannings but uh, there are demand for these cards so maybe it's fine that they're box toppers i don't know it just uh, strikes me a little bit weird a little uh, i'm a little disappointed that if you buy this expensive box in part because the box toppers are cool, rather than getting like Carns and Blight Steels and who knows what else, Jace's Force of Wills, whatever they reveal for the rest of the day, you could get like a Tron Land and an Expedition map, which I would be disappointed if that those were the box toppers of my three hundred and fifteen dollar box. So would you rather have that or a box topper yeah. with thought reflection, boon reflection? Right, not every not every one of your box toppers is gonna be you know mana crypt, right? Like there's gonna be bad ones, and I think these Trotlands would be middle of the pack, right? They're gonna be much better than whatever bulk rare or mythic is also in the set because you know there's gonna be bulk rare and mythics in the set, right? We got a bunch this morning already. I oddly enough, yeah, I think I might be okay with the expedition map with the Tronlands. <laughs> Not and not because I hate them. <laughs> Just so you can destroy them and remove them from the ecosystem. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna throw them away as soon as I open them. No, I, like I, I don't know. I just something about the Tron lands. Just because, like, what? So you would get. You don't even get all three, oh, right? Like, you, you that's perfect for you. You, if you got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. I, that would be great for me if I ever played Tron lands. <laughs> I mean, the other thing with Tron lands is. That's three slots that are eaten up by these cards. When I saw Expedition Map, my initial reaction was, oh, I thought these were all going to be rares or mythics. That's a little bit weird. Feels a little bit bait and switchy to me. But I actually think the Expedition Map is going to be fairly expensive just because there is a lot of demand. There isn't another, like, cool promo printing. So I actually think, value-wise, Expedition Map is actually going to be a solid, uh, a solid box topper. The Tron Lands, though, there's only 40 box toppers. Three Tron Lands, that's just under like 10% of all the box toppers are going to be drawn lands. That is, I don't know, that makes me a little bit more concerned. I will agree that I don't really want to get boon reflections or thought reflections. Like, that's a very useless box topper. At least Tron lands do see play. And even if I don't play them, someone is going to trade for my copy or buy my copy because people do play them pretty heavily. So I guess it's better than having a full-on bulk rare. Not as exciting as having, I don't know, maybe it's partly because the first five they revealed were so good. Doubling Season, Blightsteel, Atroxa, Kalia, Mana Crypt. It was like, wow, they're going to like nail it with these box toppers. And then today, it's been <laughs> Tron Lands and Expedition Map and Karn, which is a lot less exciting for the next five. Car the Karn one, I, I like as... See, that's great, but like the artwork is Yo, a little ice fun. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks... Yeah, he looks just like a pe a block of ice that's like looks like a Pokemon almost. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it is kind of very unique art for sure. He, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I like it or not. I haven't figured that out yet. But I mean, at least it's a valuable card. Like people are going to want that card. I would not be disappointed to open it, even though I do agree with the art a little I, bit. I think I would pay premium for OG art. <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of this new card. <laughs> like the proportions make him look small. Like, you know, he's not like this towering, imposing right. silver gold. It's just like, I don't know, <laughs> like a sidekick character running around. I don't know. Something's, I think this is a perspective or something. I'm not sure. He looks skinny. I, I know that. He, he's like very skinny and like, I don't know. He skipped leg day. Yeah. His bicep is like the size <laughs> of his quads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess this is still better at the end of the day than, than the... What is it? The the mythic edition version of Karn, uh, whatever the four mana one from Dominaria, where it looks like he's just like rubbing his own nipples. <laughs> Crim and nipples. I have never, I've never had a no. podcast co-host bring up nipples as often as Crim. Dude, <laughs> like look at the like the mythic edition art of Karn and just. And like the only thing is this time instead of his arms going in, they're going out, and he's like, "Hey!" So like you can almost do like a, a like a flip action comic if you have like enough of them. Ooh, we have <laughs> we have more late breaking news, Richard. I don't know. Did you did you see the new card that was literally just previewed as we're talking? Oh uh, yes, it's a another good one. It's another Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yeah, <laughs> plays the same art Jace the Mind Sculptor. I mean, so, all don't right. have, like, I, I, exactly this is iconic this artwork or. Like the the full border, what, what is what do you call this? Like the extended art, the full no. Yeah, extended. Do we have art. one like this for Jace already? Am I just making this up? No, no. this is new. Uh, you might have you might have seen like seen it before because for a while a lot of people got their Jaces like extended, yeah, yeah. like altered art. Like you know they 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 would drop it off for artists, and I, I've seen tons of that. But it's too. the iconic. But this will be like. I, 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 I don't know what he's doing with his hands. It's like, to me, he's like doing a magic trick with cards. He's like throwing <laughs> cards from one hand to the other. But it's the iconic Jace like, the Mind Sculptor art uh, with the new frame, the new box stopper frame. I'm actually pretty okay with that. The art is so iconic, and we haven't had this border treatment yet. So they've said there would be one one of the box stoppers that was going to keep the old art. Yeah, Jace seems like a pretty decent choice, especially since the one new art that Jace got, I'm trying to remember what set the, the mythic edition one. I thought that art was pretty blah. Like I, I'm not actually like a big fan of how the art looked on that one. So I would rather have the iconic Jace art than, uh, than kind of questionable new Jace art. I think. I, I don't know. I might, I might be a fanboy, but I, I think I, I also love the new art. So <laughs> I mean, I, now I, I get different printings. So I, this is pretty cool. Like another, like extended artwork, but like I, I like the newer art, the, uh, the mythic edition one. I mean, I know that the colors are a little bit darker. You know what I mean? Like when, like when you look at everything and it's harder to tell what's going on, but still like it. I mean, obviously discounting art and all that. It's a great reprint. Like, Jace is a card that we can always use more of. It's still around $100, even though it has been reprinted a few times. I think the last time was uh, 25th Masters, maybe? So, uh, so yeah, definitely not going to complain <laughs> about getting uh, getting more Jaces out there. Just so, hopefully the price comes down a little bit. Maybe people can uh, pick up their copies a little bit cheaper than they could in the past. Uh, that makes me feel better, because I was actually... I've been defending... Uh, double masters for a long time now. Uh, and I, I really truly believe that master sets are one of the best ways to get more cards out there for constructed and bring down prices of cards for constructed. Uh, but this morning, seeing just like a string of boon reflections, multiple cards that were just replanted at jumpstart in Champion of Lamb 1 Grim Lava Mancer, common box stoppers. I was like, oh no, are they actually going to find a way to, to mess this up? But seeing the Karn and the Jays, I'm breathing a little bit easier now. I don't know why people are so surprised. <laughs> like, Wizards clearly has, like, a giant spreadsheet, right? And, you know, a year or two ago when they designed this set, they know how much value they're putting in the set. And my guess is that number is constant across, like, all of their product types. They're like, look, we're making a premium product. It needs to have at least this much of value and this much of, quote-unquote, desirability right for it to sell so the only question is when they make that judgment 
until it's released, like how much does the market change, right? Like did Jace the Mind Sculptor quadruple in price or like half in price since they made that determination? But when Wizards sets out to make these products, they know that they're charging like 2x the price, so they have to put 2x the value in. So I, I don't think that it's rational to be afraid that it's only going to be Comet Storms, right? Like I, I'm sure Wizards will put in high value cards and they'll choose cards that people want. So yeah, I, I don't know. The EV of these usually works out. And then if they miss, it's fine because the stores adjust the EV of the product anyway. And then here we are. So I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not too afraid. Like if this is going to be low value or high value. I think Wizards usually has a formula and they hit the mark on that usually. I think they, they've improved. I think with the bad master sets we had, masters 25 and iconic masters, I think <laughs> the, I, I think you're exactly right about like the spreadsheet having a certain amount of value. But the thing that wizards, I think underestimated, uh, or didn't take into consideration is how some cards are expensive because there's a lot of demand, like Jason Mind Sculptor. Lots of people want it. So the price is high. Some cards are expensive because they're really low supply. So I think part of why those two master sets flopped is the big value cards were like Imperial Recruiter, a card that was like, oh my god, it's like $300 or something, but it's $300 because it was in Portal and there's like 10 copies available in the whole world, so uh, it was really difficult to get them, and the price crashed so much that the value ended up being a lot worse than maybe their spreadsheet would suggest, but I feel like Wizards maybe learned that lesson from those two sets uh, and now takes that into consideration a little bit more. Anyway, so uh, any other thoughts on Double Masters in general? Reprint sets are always, like, a little bit weird because it's not like we can do the, oh, this might go in this deck. We know where Jason Mind Sculptor goes. We know where Karn and Tronlands go. Like, we're not going to tell you anything new about them. Uh, any other thoughts on the cards that we've seen from the set so far before we uh, talk Mystery Boosters? Or, <laughs> rather, VIP Boosters? Uh, I think, like, so... F- I I, I want to, like, just guess at a few other cards because that, like, I mean... I'm hoping uh, like counterbalance gets a new a new printing. <laughs> uh, by the way, that like that's all I'm asking for. I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, just you know, if if I could, just a counterbalance there don't or we, something would be really. Don't we cool. have a masterpiece counterbalance? Wasn't that like a Amonkhet invocation or whatever those were? Yes, but the, and like as cool as funny as that one is, I do like it because it's like you, you can't really read it, nor can you tell what's going on. Because is this which box top or which uh, invocation is this? Well, uh, like because because I play it with opposition and I play counterbalance, so no one knows. It's hilarious, but. I, I do think that it would be really cool to have a non, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! God, ancient god border. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it would be a really cool thing to see, uh, counterbalance again. <laughs> yeah, the only other thing I wanted to mention is uh, kind of bad beats on Wizards End for the Noah Bradley lands. Like, they they reprinted the full art lands with oh. the new, uh, new border, and obviously Noah Bradley makes really good-looking art, so they look good, but boy, is that timing really really unfortunate that uh that the set's coming out like a month after all the Noah Bradley stuff and Wizards parting ways with him and that whole situation so I I can't really blame Wizards they've already like done what they needed to do in that scenario it's just a little bit unfortunate timing wise I think that these would be like the big like full art lands from the set and it would be happening right now okay can I use this opportunity to rant about these lands yeah so (laughs) yes not, not the Noah Valley. Who cares about the Noah Valley? Even the John Avon land. So they, they revealed the, the two full art cycles are the John Avon and the Noah Bradley lands. And they tried to scoop the Noah Bradley lands under the rug. But, uh, so it's the, it's the old art, uh, from, oh, what is the unset of John Avon? Un, uh, un, unglued? I think it's unglued. unglued. Unhinged. Un, Unhinged. Whatever. The good one, right? (laughs) Like, uh, the good ones that you all know when you think of full art lands, but with the new borders. Now, I find this incredibly lazy. If they're going to give us, like, new full art lands, they should just give us new art, right? Like, we already have the option to pick these up, uh, you know, in the old set. And I understand they're expensive, but, like, nowadays we have, like, 8 billion full art lands. And it, like, kind of detracts from the people that already have them like these are already collector items right like if you want basics you can go to your you know your draft pile and pull any basics you want so people who originally had these lands uh kind of get a little screwed because of the reprint 
And for, you know, players that uh, are just buying these packs, like, we, we already can get these, right? Like, you should give us new, you know, premium arts for these full, full art lands, right? Like, full art lands are already, to me, not that special anymore. Like, they used to be special, like, five years ago when it was, like, once in a millennium you get them. Now, like, every other set, there's full art lands. So, like, why are we reprinting full art arts, like... Just give me new arts or don't put them in at all. Like reusing them seems incredibly lazy. Yeah, I think I, I think I, I and this that. might be a good segue into VIP boosters because I think VIP boosters were like especially bad in that way because one of or a big percentage of the cards in VIP boosters are these full art lands and some of them are foils and like original foils of like the unhinged lands are actually really expensive. Some of those are like 70 or $80. So it does seem a little bit, I don't know, bad for people who have been investing in these, especially with lands. Lands is the one type of card, uh, basic lands, where you can't really make the argument that, oh, we need these to be cheaper. Like there is literally no difference between one you pick up at the land station or LGS and a whatever, $100 foil unglued land or unhinged land uh, as far as gameplay is concerned. So it does feel a little bit weird to kind of stick it to people who spent a bunch of money to get these like really cool foil full art lands by just putting a ton more out there. So I, I definitely agree with what you're saying on this end, Richard. <laughs> we need the reserve list for art. <laughs> there needs to be a guarantee that when I buy this full art island, that this art will not be reused in the future. <laughs> that if they print another island, it will be new art to, you know, justify me spending $100 for a foil. Like, imagine if you bought, say... Uh, the the Godzilla lands or something, right? And then like two two sets two sets from now, they just like print them in mass everywhere, and you're like, what WTF, Watsy? Like, why would you do this to me, right? I thought Godzilla lands were special, right? So yeah, feels feels bad if you uh, foiled out your <laughs> unhinged lands. All right, so uh, so let's talk a little bit about VIP boosters. VIP boosters have been a big topic of conversation. Last week, an article went up kind of describing their contents and what was in them. We also kind of had a focus on prices, and uh, that's where a lot of... Uh, I guess the arguments have come in. So VIP boosters, if you look around the internet, big vendors like Star City Games, uh, eBay, they're generally selling for around $100 a piece. Some places, maybe a couple bucks below, some places a little bit over, but on average, say $100 for a single booster pack. And the upside of these booster packs, along with getting a bunch of foil cards, you get a bunch of the full art lands, some of them foil, you basically get two foil box toppers. That's the big calling point of these packs. You're guaranteed the same amount of box toppers and foil rather than non-foil as you would get from an entire booster box of Double Masters. Uh, What do you guys make of the price of VIP boosters and uh, kind of the community's reaction. People have really been kind of freaking out over this and the cost of VIP boosters. So so the full contents are two foils showcase rares or mythics, two foils rares or mythics, uh, eight foil uncommons, nine foil commons, 12 full art basics, uh, two of which are foil, and then two foil double-sided tokens. So 33 cards plus two tokens for roughly a hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm still not so far I do not care for the VIP boosters. Like I love my promos, but I don't know if I hundred dollars booster pack love these promos. I I, <laughs> I feel like they've got a like if it were if it were me, I I think I'd have to see some crazy cards to really want to go out and buy one pack for a hundred dollars. <sighs> I think it's, for me, it's, I actually think that they're going to have good value. I, I actually do. If you look at, I think it's all about the box toppers. Everything else is irrelevant for the most part. Sure, you get a few lands. Maybe you get, like, randomly a good rare mythic. That's fine. That's a nice bonus. But I think, really, you're essentially paying wizards $100 or paying $100 to get these two foil box toppers. So far... While we were just talking about kind of a string of commons, like the Urza's lands, the Tron lands, and so forth, there is Jason Mind Sculptor. That's going to be 
well over $100 by itself. Karn right. will be over $100 by itself. Even so far, we've seen like Doubling Season, Blightsteel, Atraxa, Kalia pretty close to $100, like in the 60 to 90 range for all of those. Mana Crypt is going to be, I don't even know, two, $300, some absurd price. So I feel like you're essentially just gambling on two box stoppers for $100. Maybe you get two Tron lands and... Even the Tron lands, I expect they're going to be worth $20, $30, $40. They're still going to have some value just because they're rare and they come out $100 boosters. But you could hit, you know, a Jace and a Karn or a Jace and a Mana Crypt, and you're going to get like $500, $600 out of this single booster pack. I don't know. Like, I... It's, it, the values are there. Like, like, like yeah, like... there There is a lot of value to be had in the packs, but still, just like a $100 booster pack... I don't know, something that just doesn't, re- like, you know, kind of, like, resonate with me. So, I, I, like, I love Jace, and I love, like, you know, Mana Vault and all these things, and I think that would be really cool to, or Mana Crypt or whatever, and I think that'd be really it's, it's cool to get. It's just high-stakes but... gambling, right? Like, a booster pack is, like, going to the blackjack table, putting down a dollar, and then the VIP edition is going to the blackjack table and putting down, like, $10,000 or something, right? This is just, like, extreme, here's $100, I hope I crack two, you know, a Jace, a Karn, uh, a mana crypt or something and I hope I don't walk away with like two comet storms right like so Wizards is testing it out right do people like this extreme dopamine hit right yeah. like you want the rush of like opening this pack or <laughs> hey Richard wanna go pack war flip it or rip it VIP <laughs> I'm sure this will go well I'm sure this will go well <laughs> Oh look, I opened mana. Like, yeah, I don't know. Right? Like, what, like you're like, oh, I need, I need a Jace the Mind Sculptor. Let me buy a VIP edition booster. Like, no, like, I don't know. It's just super gambling. Like, I'm not sure. It, it is 100 percent just gambling. Like, I think that's the only reason. Though the reason you buy these is in hopes that you're gonna open more value than you spend on them. You're not opening them to draft or even necessarily to play with. I guess maybe you, like, put whatever you open in your commander deck or something, but if you're trying to get cards uh, to play with, this is not the way to do it. On the other hand, it's like those those scratch-off tickets. You see, sometimes uh, I've known people who are, like, addicted to scratch-offs, and eventually they're scratching off, like, $50, $100 scratch-off tickets. This is the same thing. It's The same thing is uh, a normal booster compared to these VIP boosters, like a dollar scratch-off ticket compared to a $50 scratch-off ticket. I am not personally offended by them. I know a lot of people seem to be upset at just, like, $100, absolute sense, that's not right, there's something wrong with it. I kind of look at it like, I don't know, to me, being mad that someone out there is spending $100 on a booster pack uh, is like being mad that someone out there is driving, like, a Lamborghini or something while I'm driving <laughs> a Honda. Like, it doesn't really matter to me if people got the money that they want to gamble on $100 boosters. I don't really see how that harms me or harms a greater magic community. If anything, they're going to be opening all these random foils from the set, chasing these box toppers that are going to filter out into the market and hopefully bring down prices for everyone. So I don't know. I, I don't see it as something where it's wrong to have boosters that cost $100. Would I personally buy boosters that cost $100? Maybe uh, I I, I kind of am tempted to open. I really like gambling on booster packs. You probably <laughs> Yo. remember that from Vegas. <laughs> Vegas, we just wake up and set yep, just like yep. cracking booster packs for no reason in the morning. We're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Where did you get these so packs? So I might I might be tempted to open a couple just uh, because I do enjoy that aspect of magic, but. Uh, I also might not because a hundred dollars is a ridiculous amount of money. Like I I do agree with that as well. I, I, I've never, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know if I, I would buy, buy the $100 packs, but I, I know for sure that if I were to buy some kind of premium card, some promo, I usually just buy the singleton. I, I, I don't want to chance it. I'm just like, ah, I, if I want Jace, I'm going to go buy the Jace. But the I pack really, could have a like, Jace obviously I would have to really want a counterbalance and the top <laughs> all in the same pack. Oh. <laughs> you can open like a your I mean, deck right there. The, like right? the, like four VIP boosters and just open <laughs> Tron. You're like, I got it. I got the map. I got the Tron. Bed, I got the card. If if I open this, like the whole Tron set, I'm just gonna it's, pretty much have to destiny. throw it into you the have to play Tron because the rest I of your life. Laugh. It was meant for you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't like the re- if the rest of the, like the, the the box toppers are really really sweet, then maybe like. But I, I'm trying to think of like what is some like what are some box toppers that would actually make me shell out that hundred dollar premium? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and I really can't think of many that aren't reserveless. <laughs> I, I mean, Force Will would be a good one. Yeah. I think that could be added to the list. Um, what about like Tarmogoyf's Dark Confidant? Those are ones that I'm kind of expecting. The, the ones that we saw on the booster pack art. So like Worm Coil, Dark Confidant, Brea, maybe? Are those enough to actually get you excited? If, if there's a little bit more EDH, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I could also see like Liliana of the Veil in there, right? I, I, Cause I'm thinking of like the popular, cards that have been in other master sets and i guess that would get me kind of excited but uh boon reflection boon reflection yes uh <laughs> snap by so so i will I say hope i just I get a pack full of them too far with this and like from a mathematical uh, yeah. perspective it like it's probably fine right like stores will open these packs they will sell back the promos it'll probably be like you know uh break even or small profit ev it'll probably be all fine but it does say something about the image of Magic, right? Like, yes, you could drive to Safeway in your Lambo or your Civic. But when you roll up to Safeway in your Lambo, it it's like a statement. It says something about you and it gives off a certain impression, right? And if the impression of Magic the Gathering is like rich people game, which it already is, but like it's just furthering it, right? And like, you know, it just like creates this distance. Like if... If you worked at McDonald's, could you afford to play Magic the Gathering, right? If your impression is $100 boosters, then heck no, right? You would just, like, nope away immediately. So I think it does say something about the image of it. It does say something when everyone complains that, hey, this is too expensive, even though the product is not for you. If this is everything that's being marketed and all the new hype comes around this and it's not for you, like, is this game for you, right? So I think it's... That, that imagery and, like, the fact that people can't afford it rubs them the wrong way. And I, I do think they're going a bit far with this. That, yes, mathematically, it's okay. And in reality, the stores are the ones that are going to be buying this. But, you know, just the image it gives off is is not good. I think that's ah. an interesting point. And maybe doubly so right now because the whole loot box conversation has been like a big thing recently with some like European countries outlawing them and even though all booster packs are pretty loot boxy the collector booster packs they are in some sense even more loot boxy because you really are buying them to get these two box stoppers and hope that those two box stoppers are worth more money than you've spent they're they are even a little bit more loot boxy i think than a typical uh, booster box so that's another case where yeah the perception probably isn't good in the image it presents and it might be even worse right now with uh, everyone focusing on loot boxes and kids buying loot boxes and all this stuff because i'm pretty sure magic does not want to get caught up in that and so far in the u.s they've always consistently ruled that stuff like magic sports cards is different it doesn't fall under any gambling restrictions but i could imagine a world where wizards pushes too far and when you get to the point where you're selling hundred dollars or five hundred dollar or thousand dollar booster packs it's a lot harder to argue that it is gameplay based <laughs> the that you're opening boosters because you're going to play draft with them or add them to your decks it becomes much more like real gambling i think uh from the outside if you're looking in so i think there is some risk there too as well wizards could if they go too far end up getting caught up in all this loot box stuff that's going on i'm curious would would it have been too ridiculous if this pack was 60 bucks i think it'd been a lot like like ridiculous isn't is that too low because i mean does that make it any better though like are people going to complain yet less or have it be less gambling if it's you know 60 instead of 100 not the gambling part i mean it'll always be that to some extent with like these premium booster packs but like i don't know something about the hundred that's like that's not even like double like a, a collector's booster right like i mean collector's boosters are like 30 and i mean granted for standard sets so i guess sure but ah, uh, i don't know so, like like richard had mentioned there is something weird that just it like image wise also of like a hundred bucks yeah so, they, they yeah. could have like either made it like 50 bucks or they could have halved the quantities right it could be one foil showcase one foil rare and be 50 i don't know if it would make it any better but like like imagine if 
you could only buy, uh, you know, a standard expansion boosters in cases, right? So same price, but you have to buy a case, right? Like that's kind of what Wizards did here by just doubling the quantities of everything and forcing you into the $100. Maybe it would have been a better move to sell half of the cards, but $50, just half the price, even though effectively it's the same price. It's just uh, in an absolute sense, lower barrier. Like, would you feel better if you got two boosters for 100 instead of one booster for 100? Like, does that affect you psychologically? I I actually think that is ver- a very good point because I think this is actually happening with Double Masters itself. Uh, so many people are also focused on the, like, $15, $16 price of a Double Masters booster pack being too high for a booster pack, which is roughly where some past master sets have been. The thing is, you're getting two of everything. And I actually went back and, like, did some calculations uh, as far as how much value comes from foils and rares uh, in Mythics, which are what you're getting double of in these sets. And it's, like, 90% of the value from a booster pack comes from those cards, not from the commons and uncommons. So, uh, theoretically, a single double Masters booster is, like, 1.9 Ultimate Masters boosters or Masters 25 boosters. Like, you're getting very close to two packs worth of value for the price of one. So that would mean at $15, it's kind of like you're buying two packs that are like $7.50 or $8. They're just stapled together and you have to buy two. And if Wizard come out and said, we're selling this master set for $7.50, people would be ecstatic. That looks like a huge price decrease compared to what they were paying for past master sets. People would be super excited, but because it's this two-pack jam-together thing... People are flipping out about the price being too high because it, it does take a lot more thinking and like math to actually like think about it that way. It is more an absolute sense. So I actually think you're really right, Richard, that if Wizards probably did themselves a big disservice, both with VIP packs and with normal packs with the Double Masters theme, rather than just having the same set but having the pack separately, I think it would have went over much better with the community. You know what this reminds me of? Uh, so, you know, we have the Quarter Pounder. Uh, I don't, it's quarter pounder like a universal thing. So for people who don't know, it's a, it's a lot a of beef, McDonald's, Richard. You hungry? <laughs> it, it's a beef patty with a quarter pound of beef. And then people released a third pounder. Okay. One third, which is bigger than a quarter pounder, but it was like a massive flop because most people thought it was smaller than a quarter pounder <laughs> because, you know, math is hard. Right. So like there is. Like some psychological aspect to this that you need to play into that it's just not hard math, which maybe Wizards is dropping the ball on, right? Like they need to know that marketing wise, you know, like I think Seth's point is if you release a master product at $750 a pack, people would be ecstatic, right? Even though it's literally what they're doing right now, right? So the the optics of it is actually really important. So yeah, maybe maybe they need better marketing, right? <laughs> like or, or at least better manipulation of the Reddit the subreddit right because like you can you can like guess what the reaction is before you see any of it right like it's pretty predictable so the fact that wizards can't control it is a little awkward right like they should be able to pander to the subreddit in some form to not have all these you know outraged people every single time they announce an announcement oh <sighs> Well, it's going to be an interesting couple weeks of spoilers for sure. I, I'm going to be very curious to see how this all shakes out. Any other thoughts on Double Masters, VIP boosters, or is it a uh, fish mail time? All right, all right, one last question. Do you guys think this is the ceiling? Like, we, we've slowly gotten more expensive over time, right? We got Mythic Edition. First, we had SDCC promos. Then we had Mythic Edition. Uh, Master Set was also fairly recent. Now we have Double Masters. Do you think we're going to get triple masters or even more premium? You know, Marl's fingernails cost a lot to produce. So, you know, do you think we're going to get even more premium or do you think this is kind of it? I I, I guess I hope this is the ceiling. (laughs) But will it will it be the last time? No, probably not. So I would have said it's definitely not the ceiling after seeing the reaction and the level of the freakout uh, about Double Masters and VIP boosters, I'm not as confident now, but 
I still think it's not the ceiling. Like, I still think we're heading towards where, like, the high-end sports cards are going, where you, you buy, like, I'm looking right now, there's this company called Panini that does sports cards. Uh, see what this sounds like. They sell two card booster packs, and this is just one of their <laughs> products. There's some that are more expensive than this. Two card booster packs for $150. You get literally two cards. One of them, you know, is a rookie autograph patch. The other one is a memorabilia card. So a piece of a jersey or whatever, a bat, a hockey stick. So you're getting two cards for $150. I could definitely see Wizards going that direction and continuing. <laughs> I mean, we're very close to that with, yes, there's a bunch of other foils and stuff thrown into the VIP boosters, but that's really what Wizards is I think basically trying to emulate, like you get two box toppers, you pay us a hundred dollars. Good luck. Hopefully you hit, you know, the Jason, not the Tron lands. So, so you are thinking that we are going to get Morrow's fingernails, LSV's <laughs> like old donut or something like that. <laughs> I want, I want LSV's mustache from that one pro tour where he had the cop stash with, with Kipler and the bonfire of the damned. I would, if they could put that on a magic card, I would buy a lot of packs, even at $150. <laughs> oh man yeah, or, uh, last question before we move on do you think the complaints are real this time so the, the thing that gives me zero faith in any of this is every single time wizards announces a new premium product people are outraged it is the end of the world the pitchforks are out and then they buy it all up when it releases it's like the greatest selling product of all time and it gives wizards the ammo to like take it up a notch the next time so do you think this will be a successful product? Do you think people will uh, specifically buy out the VIP boosters and that it'll be a smashing success even though everyone complained, but then on the other side took out their wallet and bought everything anyway? I, I think the regular packs will be a, a success. I like I, I, I'm okay with those. I, I you know the $15 price tag, sure, right? But uh the the hundred dollar ones, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe like Seth will buy it all. Who knows? <laughs> I think that they will sell really well. I don't know how many of them will be bought by players, but my expectation of the VIP boosters, uh, is that the EV is going to be really high. And once people with a lot of money that do like finance stuff slash stores, uh, that side of the community, actually calculates the EV and is like, wow, every one of these open on average uh, that I spent $100 on, I'm getting $150. From that perspective, from like a financy investment perspective, that's a slam dunk. That's more than you're going to make in the stock market. So I think it'll sell really well because that side of the community is going to crack a ton of those for financial reasons, even though I imagine not too many of your like average Joe players are going to be buying $100 boosters. Yeah, I actually think they will sell very well. And I think average Joe players will buy them. Like, not not like average, like, kitchen table Joe players, but someone like Seth, right? Like, he's not a store. He's not, like, trying to make profit, but he just, like, because the EV will be good, it's like, you know, a free roll, quote-unquote, right? So I, I do think there will be a surprisingly large number of those people, right? Like, if you, if you knew the EV of one of these packs was, like, you know, plus 20% or plus 10%, you, you could just go crack it if you were looking for some promos because you could just sell back the promos because I do think the foil box hoppers will sell, right? And if they sell, the only place to get them is like from here. So then these things must also sell. So even though people are lamenting about the price, I do think that these will actually sell. Yeah, uh, that's my expectation too. I, and I probably will. I'll probably have to buy one. If the EVs, <laughs> you're, you describe me perfectly, Richard. The, if the EVs dees it, I can justify it. Cause I'm like, oh, like, I'll get my money back and I like doing it. So, uh, yeah, if the EV's good, I'll probably buy a couple. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, let me know in the comments. Do you want to see a, let's, maybe we can do the most expensive <laughs> booster pack opening of all time. Just like get a case or something and do a video of it. That would be kind of fun. Real question. Would you rather open equivalent price of this or like revised boosters or something like you know some old products where you could buy expensive packs i i mean i guess i've purchased revised packs right or no 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 wait 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 unlimited packs actually hold on revised is is like a bajillion dollars right wait how, what, so what, what is a hundred dollar booster pack like what what are the sets that we're talking about for older magic Ooh. uh the one with like i guess portal three kingdoms was like and legends was like 200 hmm. right okay so for we're, a we're below legends and portal three kingdoms yeah. yeah you're probably gonna be looking at like maybe urza's block something like that hmm. yeah that's interesting would people rather open some urza's block 
packs or uh, a VIP booster? Okay, I, I, a VIP. I think at that at this point. So I don't know. so yeah, Urza's Urza Saga is around the same price on eBay, going for like around a hundred dollars or something like that. So yeah, that's about the right the right era. I mean, if you go back to like revised and stuff, uh, I think it's it's even more than that. I guess revised is like around two hundred, hundred and fifty to two hundred. So I guess you could crack a almost crack so, a revised so double double pack. masters. So you gotta get two of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I would get more use out of the double masters cards. Like that's kind of yeah. the thing. I know, like uh, like revised in some of those older sets. Their EV is not actually that high. Like you're, you're likely to lose money cracking them open because a lot of their price is just how scarce they are, and yeah. like they're super rare. I, I remember at it's one like point, moat or bust. <laughs> do you remember when we were looking into like I think it was Fallen Emperor, Empires or Homelands, Richard? And the EV yeah. was like, when you exclude everything is like under a dollar, the EV was like zero dollars, but it was still like a hundred dollars or something for a booster box. Or like, I don't know if I could open <laughs> a zero EV booster box for a hundred dollars. <laughs> Ruined my dreams of owning a sealed box of Fallen Empires. <laughs> I wanted to draft it just for the lulls, but like no. <laughs> Is there what is even in Fallen Empires? That is like, nothing. Him the Torak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the set oh is man. actually worthless, but sealed product is like super rare and expensive. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's answer some fish mail before we run out of time of our short cast. All right. <laughs> Uh, if you have questions, send them to at MGGoldfish with the hashtag MGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Uh, first question from Sandy via email. Uh, aren't Fetchlands just really powerful spells that shouldn't be reprinted in mass? Hear me out, I know the format staples, uh, but Fetchlands are really powerful for the cost of one life. It's like the same as playing a Brainstorm or a Lightning Bolt, things like that. So, Sandy doesn't think they should be cheap or free. What do you guys think? I I do think they should be reprinted a decent amount because they're lands, and you usually need them to like play in the format. I I, I would say so. Like I I've tried I've tried playing modern decks without fetch lands, and you know like it's not great. It doesn't feel great. Like a lot of the cards are powered up by it too. So like they're like a super land and. I mean, as long as it's ever a land, I think it, there should be easy access to it. Yeah, I I could see that as an argument for not putting them in standard. Like, if, oh, yeah. if Sandy feels like they're too powerful for standard, I could maybe be convinced of that. I don't currently think that. I think that they're, like, on par with shock lands or something, as long as there aren't good dual lands to fetch in the format. But I don't think you can just not reprint them. Unless you were going to ban them. Because that's the problem. Like, the problem is the price. Uh, they are obviously really powerful. But I think you create this almost pay-to-win atmosphere if you never reprinted fetch lands and they just keep increasing and eventually you're paying $200 for, like, a single fetch land in modern decks or, like, $2,000. It's going to create a, a wider gap between the haves and have-nots and make it a lot harder for people getting into the formats to compete. So I don't think you can just not reprint them, period. If you want to not reprint them in standard and do it in master sets or battle bond or whatever... I would be okay with that, but I do think, unless you're going to ban them, which I don't think I would enjoy Modern or Legacy without fetch lands, uh, but unless you're going to ban them, I think you got to reprint them to keep the price in check. Yeah. Yeah. I I disagree with the premise. I think all all dual lands, like all lands that are not special abilities, so any lands that just add colors, should be printed into the ground and widely available and not in the rare slot. So, like... The worst feeling, like gameplay-wise, is unlimited having your your rare be a dual land. Like that's like the most terrible thing ever, right? And then as a new player opening a pack, getting a dual land is also useless, right? Like you want to cast angels and dragons, but you have a land. You don't even understand why it's powerful, right? And then for everyone else, like it just sucks to spend so much money on your mana base, right? Like just getting whatever the latest standard dual land cycle is a pain. Like, they should just be free, right? You should be focused on picking up Uros and Teferis and exciting cards like that and not, you know, I need this to be more consistent in game, in gameplay, right? Like, I, I think that's just eh. So I think they should be, every dual land cycle in standard should be, like, at common 
uh, or maybe, I don't know, they got to fix limited somehow. You don't want them to be common so that everyone plays uh, like uncommon. five color stuff. Uncommon. uncommon maybe, right? And yeah. then, but they're readily available, right? You don't have to spend any resources to pick up, you know, your your fast lands or your temples or whatever. They should just come as is and you can focus on Teferis and Uros, things like that. Uh, next question, Ali Tribal. Uh, I was wondering if you had any predictions for Zendikar Rising. What mechanics do you foresee returning? And any guesses at possible new mechanics? Uh, do you think that Rally will return? Or do you think Wizards will try something new again like they did with Cohorts? I, I, I see. I can see Landfall coming back. <laughs> I think Landfall's a... That's a good bet. I would be surprised if Landfall wasn't in the set. I, I very much associate that with Zendikar. I also think allies are likely they they basically have to return i'm rooting for just like old school allies like original allies that are just like hey when it comes into play it does something for all your allies like kind of this slivery take on allies i wasn't a big fan of rally or the cohort uh cohort i don't actually don't even remember what that did i think you gotta like tap multiple creatures or something like that was a horrible mechanic so i would like to see just original old school vanilla allies that were kind of like slivers I think they'll do something new. I don't think they reuse mechanic. I think the reused mechanic will be landfall. Uh, I think landfall would be much more popular. So I think they'll give you a new ally mechanic. I don't know what it would be, but <laughs> Ret- returning mechanic devoid. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. <laughs> it's like, devoid allies. This is, this is this is the deck I wanted. Five C no color allies. <laughs> like like I do. I- yeah, like, I think Landfall is just too big. Like, it, it's, like, the main mechanic you think of, right, when you, you think of Zendikar. I think it'd be really cool to see that, <laughs> considering that we also have, you know, with the way things are going, how much good ramp there is <laughs> and all oh, this other stuff. Are you ready stuff. for the Zendikar ramp? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Landfall? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous about where Standard goes if, if there's just Ramp City, like... <laughs> Uh, but like, yeah, the the newest, like, the, I, I'd love to see more new mechanics though. But like, if the if there's any to return, I I do want to see landfall, and I may regret saying that. I don't know. But the thing is, I do want to see landfall right now. All right. Uh, next question, Joshua Braska. How long would you keep playing Magic if Watsi stopped making cards? Hmm. Honestly, for me, I think. Uh. So. Okay, so I think I would always have, like, magic cards around, and I would play games now and then, but I think if Wizards stopped making cards, my interest would drop significantly, because a huge percentage of what I enjoy about magic is, like, new formats, new cards, new decks, and if all that went away... I think I would still keep commander decks around to like play once yeah. in a while, but I think my actual like daily gameplay and brewing and all the stuff that I do on a daily basis, I think that would go away pretty quickly. Yeah, I think I would only play like just EDH at that point, right? And it would it would be the same. I would then treat Magic no different than just like uh, like a board game, right? Like like hey, it's Wednesday night board game night, so I'll pull out my EDH decks, and I know all the contents in it. Uh, but you know, it's fun to play with friends. So yeah, it would be interesting. So I, I think I'd be like Seth. I would stop playing almost immediately. Uh, I would definitely not be buying. So if cards didn't tank in price, if for whatever reason cards were still semi expensive, like let's say they they were still half the price of what they are today, I would not buy any new cards. Right. So I would have whatever decks remain, and then if someone wants to play Magic, we can play Magic. But then otherwise, that's it. Right. It's like kind of kind of dead game right so we, we do something else and then so so yeah so the the arguments of like oh paper magic is eternal and you can play forever i don't i don't buy that right like i think the minute everyone is not hyped about magic the minute there's no community anymore i think it kind of just goes away for me personally at least so then my cards are useless as soon as magic is quote-unquote dead uh raptor 121 Maybe what Pioneer needs is modern Ponza. Zendikar should bring the land destruction. No. <laughs> but the, what if you just ramp into the land destruction and, and then ramp decks get even better? That, that, that's literally Ponza, right? <laughs> you ramp into land destruction. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know if we want ramp to be better than it already is. Oh. 
I want. I just want stone rain. Just, just give us a stone rain and see what happens. Let's just try it. Let's stone try rain? it. Not, not no, even no. a pillage or something like a stone. No, not pillage. Just, no. What's the non-basic just, one? Molten rain. Molten rain. <laughs> just like yeah, yeah. three mana blow up a land. Let's just try it. Put it in a quarter set. It'll be the shortest <laughs> run in standard. Let's just see. Cards are so powerful these days. Is it even going to be good with Uros and Nissas and mana doublers? Like, are you even going to play it? I don't even know, like, you, you how good it would be. You couldn't play a deck unless it had Uro, Nissa, <laughs> and, and, like, it's, it's already bad enough that we get, like, you know what I mean? That you have to see those cards on a daily. Like, I do not want it to be where the format you just cannot play. Like, why have, a, like, unless they give it to, like, I don't know, like, every color has a land destruction spell and scaled to, like, how, like, example, greens, it's gotta be, like, like, 13 mana, because 13 is the new, like, four mana for green. And, <laughs> <laughs> blue is one. Blue is one. <laughs> Just, <laughs> no, but, like, in all honesty, they, they would have to do something like that. I mean, I mean, Stone Rain does literally nothing, so I think it's quote unquote safe, except it just makes people feel bad sometimes. But I think it would actually be a bad card, right? Like, no, no, but, no, no. It, but it sometimes would not... you'll like Lawnmower Elf into Stone Rain, and your opponent's like, "Well, I kept the two lander, and that was it. So good game, <laughs> right?" Other times they're like, "Earl, you're like Stone Rain, you're like okay, cultivate, <laughs> right? Field of Dead, you're still dead. Kill my Field of Dead, I'm still up like five cards, like." So that, I actually don't think the card is good, but the it's card just would be good though. It would, it would. If you're not, if you're not playing ramp, can you get back in it? Who, who? Why are you wanting one for people, Krim? This is twenty twenty. <laughs> it, it needs to at least cycle and be instant speed for it to be playable, right? You can't just one for one someone. <laughs> I mean that that like though you're right, like and and it probably if they do print some kind of stone rain, it it probably do something like that, and on top of that, make them lose like five damage or lose five health, but like. <laughs> I, I do I do think that like if they ever reprint a stone rain it, it would just it, you couldn't play like the fair magic game plan anymore like in standard in older formats sure I I I can understand I guess but like in standard if everyone's just blowing up each other's lands and dropping euros that means now you have to actually be playing those cards you could not be like where like me where I and numerous other people who are playing standard and try to avoid growth spiral and avoid playing Uro. Oh, speaking of which, we forgot to totally talk about uh, historic today, but uh, we can talk about it next cast. We had a big metagame shift with Jumpstart. I'm seeing Uros and growth spirals all over <laughs> historic and goblins. But yeah, next cast, we can talk about historic. Uh, Dilton Murkison. There is a theory on the Pioneer subreddit that the reason Inverter wasn't banned was because it's reprinted in Double Masters. They had to put it in six months ahead of time. Thoughts? I I don't know why they'd reprint that, to be honest with you. Right? Like, it wasn't like Inverter was crazy expensive. I, I mean, I, I I don't think it's in there. I hope it's not in there. It feels like kind of like a dud reprint. Didn't we have this happen with Splinter Twin? Wasn't Splinter Twin banned and then showed up in the next Master set? Or am I misremembering? <laughs> am I misremembering like this? No. So I don't think Wizards would not ban a card uh, like Inverter or whatever just because it was coming up in a future set. All right. Next question. Keebler117. Pretty sure a while back Richard said playing on Arena didn't feel like playing Magic. Has that changed at all? If not, what needs to happen on Arena? Did I ever say that? I feel that's a sad thing remember. to be saying. <laughs> Maybe I'm saying playing standard doesn't feel like playing magic, but I don't know about Arena. But what are your thoughts on Arena? Three years? I don't know when it was released. Like two years, three years uh, post. I know two there years. were a lot of concerns with it. Uh, you know, best of one, uh, auto tapping, things like that. What What is your thoughts on Arena today? Is it real magic? Does it feel like real magic? It it to me it does. It still feels like real magic. Um, the only thing that it's missing now is like the whole gathering aspect, I guess, like the the face to face, like just meeting people uh, and whatnot. But I mean, I don't think we're supposed to be doing that anyways right now, so that works out perfectly. It like otherwise, I mean, when it came out, best of one, yeah, that was different magic. I wouldn't say it wasn't real magic then. I would just say it's different magic. Uh, auto tapper dunking on people is always funny, and but like, because <laughs> it does it does happen to me all the time. But you know, like, I, I 
I, I it feels like real magic to me. I will say as far as gameplay, I think I I would say it's uh it feels like real magic. The economy on the other hand does not feel like real magic and actually does not still doesn't feel good. A lot of the same concerns I had when they announced uh arena like oh like dusting cards and being able to get cards, a lot of those keep cropping up and have recently been re-highlighted with the release of Jumpstart and how that is gone. So, gameplay-wise, yes, it feels like real magic. Economy-wise, doesn't feel like real magic. Yeah, the the only thing I would say, yeah, it's just like the economy. I definitely agree there. Because, I mean, I, I can at least, it, like, get rid of my cards in some way, right? <laughs> if I didn't want them. But, uh, yeah, like, other than that, like, gameplay-wise, it does feel like real magic. Yeah, I, I think gameplay-wise, uh, it's fine. Probably faster than real magic. It does combat math for you. It auto-taps, things like that. It shuffles. Uh, oh, I can't oh, imagine playing, playing Nexus cat. in paper. Or cat. Hmm? Like, like oh, yeah, cat yeah. decks don't, like, that one is a little bit... <laughs> trickier on arena they just need to like save targets or something do some kind of thing to help uh but in general it's close enough it's kind of like playing magic online and playing splinter twin or something it was like pretty obnoxious uh but i i think it will improve over time uh but yeah the economy is a thing like acquiring cards acquiring a new deck is a pain uh so so yeah uh last question Heck boy. Nowadays, creatures need enter the battlefields, leaves the battlefields, or persistent effects to be viable. What is the baseline power and toughness, and what keywords, non-persistent combat abilities, does it have to be viable? Poor Gargaroth, it is no questing beast. I think, like, Rotting Regisaur. Three mana, seven, six. Not played without an ember cleave so like your creature can be as big as possible it doesn't matter it needs to be uh it needs to have some kind of keyword ability on it or a combo with something i mean i think there has to be a line like if there was a one mana 2020 that would be play like i mean (laughs) there is some amount of stats where you would get to that point is it a three man what if it was a three mana 10 six i think would you play that just it's a two shot like attacker like, I think, so uh, there is a line where exactly that line is. Maybe it is a three-mana, ten-power creature or something. But the bar is incredibly high for a creature that doesn't have haste or an enter-the-battlefield trigger or some sort of, like, protection, hexproof, or some way to, like, protect itself, Dream Trawler style effect or whatever. So, I mean, let's say Rotting Regisaur, three-mana, seven-six, no downside. If there was no Ember Cleave, would you play it? Mm. I mean, would my would I warp my deck around it to, like, include it in decks? Probably not. If I was playing, like, my black aggro probably yeah but w- would it be a staple like i gotta figure out a yeah. way to splash regisar because it's like the best thing going in standard no definitely not you're playing the colors you might as well play it but you're not you're not doing an earl you're not warping your whole deck around to include it in your deck hmm. yeah yeah that's that's where i would land i think that's so yeah. crazy a three mana seven six no downside too <laughs> I mean, three mana, dies. eight, eight, three yeah, mana, Yeah, bounce by Teferi. <laughs> I, th- I don't think you would play three mana, ten, ten. Actually, I don't think you would. Would if you? If it was just a vanilla ten, ten for three, I mean, I'd look like, at You would have to this... start playing things that give it trample. Or, like, you'd have to play other cards to synergize with it. You wouldn't just play it as is, because it would just get chumped or blocked, and then you would die. Like So, so let me ask you this, Richard, as a Jun player. What what would you think about Tarmogoyf in standard? Would Tarmogoyf just be bad or like medium? Medium. So so if it was Tarmog like say it was a two man of four five, I think you would play it in standard like without any restrictions. But because you can't fill your graveyard in standard, that's not possible. But I think a two man of four five. I think the lower your CMC, uh, the lower the bar. Like a one man of four four, I think everyone would play. So I think a two mana four five would be playable in standard. I mean, yeah. what about a two mana five four that already exists in standard? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I I I think I think Tarmogoyf would be medium. Just ugh. two mana like four five, I guess, because it it'll be guaranteed to be a four five, but. Then it's not Tarmogoyf. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well then two mana zero one if you want to play standard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like in, in standard I think it'll be like at best like a three four or something like that. Unless you're playing, what is it, the Merfolk Secret Keeper thing and then you aim, aim it at yourself. 
and hope that you hit enough different types. Actually, actually I don't think Charmed Graph would be played. I take that back. It's not good <laughs> enough because so- someone else just does like three drop uh, five five, right? And like you're stonewalled, and then you're not actually aggroed enough to like actually beat control and combo decks. So the existence of the three mana five five kills the two mana four five. <laughs> But yeah. if Lovestruck Beast did not exist, then you could actually play Tarmogoyf. I think that's enough power for you to do something, as long as the other mid-range decks don't outclass you like the, the following turn. <laughs> Which I feel like they will. Like, just paying two mana for even a four or five is like, this is great on turn two, but then once it goes to like their turn three, they're taking off, and you're never going to see... <laughs> like, Uro's going to gain them all the life, and then you're going to be having this four or five, and they're going to have, like, Nissa Ugin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I and this is wizards to test and push the bar. Wait, what is the biggest vanilla creature we'll see uh, on each I, point of the curve and see if they're actually played anywhere? Le- actually, let let let's add on to that. Uh, do you think? Do you actually think though that like Tarmogoyf would get like is going to get reprinted in standard? No, I think it will eventually. Like, okay, it, it's so bad. How are you going to make it work? Like, it has to be in a deck with another graveyard mechanic like um delirium or something like that what if zendikar has (laughs) has it or 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 maybe lurgoif tribal eventually comes out of zendikar i think with like a graveyard if there's like a golgari graveyard theme to a set you could put it in and it would probably be fine and i think the reason that i think they would do it is just because i think uh, people would be hyped for it just because of like tarmogoyf's price and track record so i think there would be a lot of like excitement about Tarmogoyf, even though kind of like Grim Tutor or whatever, people are gonna be like, "Wow, it's a two hundred dollar card," and then like no one's gonna play it because it's not actually like good. <laughs> but I think people would still be like hyped that it was reprinted in a standard set and the price dropped. Yeah, huh. yeah, I guess. I mean, we use Tarmogoyf to sell Masters packs, but now that Tarmogoyf sucks, you can't sell Masters packs. You gotta sell standard packs. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty soon it'll, it'll be downgraded to common and selling like com- pauper precons or something. <laughs> you know what? If it was common in draft, I would still skip it. <laughs> like, this card sucks. It's like last pick in draft. This is terrible. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to everyone who sent to Fishmail. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail. And we'll get to your questions on air. And that, I believe, brings us to the end of episode 286 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Cribb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. So, we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. Until then, have a spectacular week. And this is the crew signing out. Yeah.